Not only is Donald Trump in court answering a prosecution, he's in a plethora of courts with a multiplicity of prosecutions all over things that happened years ago, but by an incredible coincidence, they're culminating during an election year. Go figure. And that's our story on today's World News Brief. I'm your host, Bob Siegel, joined today by my good friend and fellow rotating co-host for World News Brief. Mike is also a columnist for Epic Times. Mike Friedenberg, welcome to our program. Well, Bob, thanks for having me on once again. Great to be here. Once again, I find us together in a slow news week. Yes, Mike says that every time he's on. (laughs) Of course, we've had a particularly fast news week, although that's been the case for like the last five years, I think. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. The big news, and this is just real recent, is that Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the race. Well, good for him. And he Because is, the longer they drag this thing out, the worse it'll be for the Republicans. And he gave an endorsement of Donald Trump as well. Well, good for him. I know there's been some bad blood between the two of them, so hopefully they'll bury the hatchet now. I'm really glad. I think it's worth talking about this because, you know, from the very beginning... It was a mistake for him it to was run. Just, he should have just waited till no, the next election. He... he I, I think he may have destroyed his chances to even for 2028. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean... Even with him endorsing Trump now? You don't think that could atone for things? Well, whoever is going to be running in 2028, they want to somehow be able to gain the loyalty and gain the excitement of the Trump voters. And the Trump voters are 10 to 20 million voters that will not vote for anybody but Donald Trump. And when he's not on the ticket, these people just do not come out. President Trump has tried to get them to come out in midterms, but they only come out when President Trump's on the ballot. And they've been very aware of what's been going on with Ron DeSantis, and they feel that Ron DeSantis stabbed Donald Trump in the back. And these are people that hate politicians. They despise politicians. And Ron DeSantis' actions while he was running for office made him look like just another typical politician. So I really do think that it's going to be really rough for him in 2028. He might be able to recover. He's got a couple more years as governor. And I think he's been a good governor. He's been an excellent governor. That's why I think he would be a good president. However, he can't pull in the number of votes that Donald Trump pulls in. And in fact, let's just, let's go back. And I, I think this is worth reminding people of because I want to maintain as much of a positive attitude about this election, keeping in mind, as what you said, is they are going to try to steal this election. They're working right now yeah, to no, try to steal the election. We're not saying they're going to succeed, but you need to mark our words. They right. plan to steal it again. They plan, But they're, right now, they're working now. One of the reasons they're working so obviously and so blatantly, fraudulently in all these lawsuits, which we'll talk about in a little bit, going against Donald Trump, is they are terrified of a Donald Trump on the ballot. And if they were confident about all their cheating mechanisms, they wouldn't be doing all these things. That is an interesting point. Well, and of course, isn't it true that the more he wins by a landslide, the harder it is for them to cheat? They were cheating the year he ran against Hillary, but they weren't counting on as many votes for him coming in as did. Right. It threw off their algorithm. I believe that there was a significant effort in some of those Rust Belt states in 2016, Pennsylvania in particular. They were desperately scrabbling to try to stuff as many ballots and as they were. And even in 2020, where they were planning a Plan B, they had to go to a Plan C because it was shutting the machines well, they down. Had to go so to plan six C. states all signed and off at 12 midnight and then it, recounted it in the morning. blatant, blatant. 
And they did it because they were desperate and because the media completely covered up for them and because the GOP in general were feckless cowards, they got away with it. And because they're connecting the dots between January 6th and people denying that it was a legitimate election, they want people to be legally afraid to deny the next election result should they succeed in cheating again. You're not an election denier. You're an insurrectionist. I know. That's it's just what did we hear from them the four years that Trump was in office, other than the fact that he cheated and stole the election and worked with Russia? Well, that didn't make them insurrectionists, did it? What about George W. Bush? What did we hear about George W. Same Bush? Same thing. Same, same thing. thing. All hail the thief, they would say, not all hail oh, the chief. Oh, yeah. That was a car bumper sticker. I want us to go back and talk a little bit about 2020 because I think it's encouraging. COVID 19 is a presidential re-election killer event. To think that a president who had to preside over that awful first couple years of it, like Donald Trump did, maybe well over a year, and to think that they're going to be able, with the massive economic dislocation, that alone is enough to take down a president. And that alone allowed them to unconstitutionally change some election laws in certain states using COVID as an excuse. He still won, and they still had to steal it from him. Right. Then you think about the Russian collusion lies, and then all the big media basically eliminating any positive stories about Donald Trump, perpetuating misinformation, disinformation, lies about Donald Trump. Google search, you know, basically, a study was done at Google search saying that a kid had fooled its five to six million votes to bring them over against Donald Trump. It's a professor did a study on that. You look at all that, then you have Mark Zuckerberg's putting about a billion dollars of his own money to illegally have the local county election officials getting funded by him to put ballot boxes in key locations. What a chump. And he was patting himself on the back thinking he was stopping Hitler or something like that. So, but that was illegal. It just shows how brainwashed he was with everybody else. So with all of that, not not COVID-19, not all the lies heading into the election, not covering up the uh, laptop story, covering up the Biden corruption, all these things here. It still took them shutting down offices, not allowing GOP Republican vote counters to be in the offices and watchers to kicking him out of the offices. It took all of that to beat Donald Trump, and he lost by 40,000 votes nationwide. And didn't really even lose well, those votes. Even in with reality. all that, right, yeah. right. Even with all that, they were only able to get 40,000. If he had gotten and been able to get another 40,000 ballots, he would have tied Biden. If he got 56,000 votes, I believe that's the number, he would have beaten Biden. So my point is, we're going into this election cycle with people really, okay, you thought they were not unhappy in 2022. And that was a lot of election fraud there too, that they were very, very tricky in their election fraud. It was very well done. Oh yeah, they stole those midterms as well. They stole some of the midterms, but Donald Trump was not on the ballot then. And with the 10 to 15 million voters that are going to come out for Donald Trump, that is just a swamp. It's a swamping event. It will swamp their efforts. I believe it'll swamp their efforts, and they are terrified of his voter turnout. This idea that any Republican could do anywhere near as well as Donald Trump could be on this note. There is loyal voters out there. There are only people that despise politicians, and despite the fact that President Trump was president for four years, there's nobody that approaches him out there as a major public figure that's the most unpolitician like 
guy out there. Nobody's even close. Because he's not beholding to anybody. He has his own money. He doesn't have to kiss the behinds of special interest groups. And his personality, which drives some people bad. Well, presidents are surrounded by cabinets and handlers that are always telling them, you can't say this or you'll offend them. You can't say that or you'll offend those people. And Trump doesn't listen to them. For better or worse, warts and all, he talks without a filter and at least we hear what he's really thinking. You may hate him, but you gotta admit he's no politician. No, and he comes from having run his own privately held company. And let me just stress how important that is. When you have CEOs and execs of publicly traded companies, what we've seen is the patterns, you, they become politically correct, they become woke, they're afraid to say anything, they kowtow to the DEI agenda, the diversity, equity, inclusion agenda. Well, Trump ran his company and he didn't kowtow to that stuff. He basically said what he wanted to say and his employees probably kowtow. Well, they did kowtow to him, to be frank. I mean, let's be frank here. So he has that background where he did get used to saying what he thought and he's continued with that. You know, and it was very successful on The Apprentice Show. So he is really, really unique. The crazy, blatantly fraudulent efforts, the illegal efforts. I mean, there's nothing more illegal and more destructive of the rule of law than what we've seen with Donald Trump. It was right from the very beginning of his administration where they confiscated all the communications from his transition team. That had never been done to a president. If it's Donald Trump, it's okay. We've seen that. And they're, now they're doing this, what's called lawfare, but it's just blatant corruption. So there's probably, I would say, there's four major criminal cases against him right now. And there's like 91 counts. And let me just say something about these criminal cases. They're all very dated. They are all the kinds of cases that if the case was really what concerned them, they would have brought it up four years ago or three years ago when he stepped down as president. The fact that they waited till the election speaks volumes. And I think people believe their own propaganda. A year and a half, two years ago, after 2022, and a lot of Republicans completely misinterpreted those election results. They had nothing to do with how strong Donald Trump was or was not. Some people started believing, I think the Democrats believe they're impressed. So they probably just thought, hey, the guy's dead in the water. We finally killed him. And along comes the election cycle. And all of a sudden they're like, whoa, <laughs> I guess. And then the polling, the polling. Okay, we're never going to see something like Ronald Reagan Well, we've again. gone from the best president we ever had, with the possible exception of Lincoln, to the absolute worst. Who's ever been a worse president than Biden? And I couldn't stand Obama. I couldn't stand Carter. Biden is worse than both of them put together. His agenda is evil and immoral. And he's also a doddering, bumbling fool. I really... He's the stupidest president we've ever had. He's the greatest liar we've ever had. He's the most immoral. There's nothing about him that's good. No, and I actually truly believe he I still is. hope Jesus forgives his soul, but there is nothing good in that man. No, I do believe he is the worst president ever. I do believe that they're doing these high-risk lawsuits. If they win any of them, they're going to be challenged. And at some point in time, they're going to be overturned. If they're not overturned, it just means that... <laughs> if they're not overturned, we're not a republic well, we're anymore. Not, and also, if Trump's kept off the ballot, we're not a republic anymore, too. I know a lot of people are just assuming that the Supreme Court will unanimously overturn these rulings about the ballot, but I don't have that confidence. I certainly don't think it's going to be unanimous. I would love it to be unanimous, but I'm sure hoping it, that it is. It would sure be nice if it was. It would say something for the integrity of the court. But I don't even trust that all of the conservative justices are going to support him. I sure as heck don't trust Roberts. Not that sure about Kavanaugh. I Not that sure about Barrett. There is four major criminal actions involving a lot of counts. And then there's one major civil case. And you've been hearing about that one in you know New York City, right? The fraud one. Is that Bragg's case, or are there two in New York City? No, that Bragg one has been dropped, basically. That's dead. 
Oh, I had not heard that. Well, um, that's good news. But this is the one that has to do with inflating his the value oh, of the his the business, property. yes. And in fact, and wasn't it true that not one single one of his customers ever issued a complaint about right. that? And that was brought by State Attorney General Letitia James, who ran on a campaign when she ran for office, I will get Trump. So that's oh, what was a running. Well, then she's just keeping her campaign promises, yeah. Mike. Can't blame her for that. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So let's first talk about the Colorado case. And the Colorado case, it's okay, it's not really a criminal case at this point. Basically, though, it was a 4-3 decision. The Colorado Supreme Court was a 4-3 To remove decision. him from the ballot. To remove him from the ballot. Okay. So that alone already tells you just how tenuous this case is. Basically, what they said is, we have determined that President Trump committed insurrection. Even though he had not even been charged with right. that, let alone convicted of that. Exactly. So basically, they were sentencing somebody who had never been charged or convicted for the crime they were sentencing him to. So I'm going to go ahead and read something from this just to show you just how weak this case was. This was put out. This is part of the decision verbatim. Therefore, to maintain the status quo pending any review by the U.S. Supreme Court, we stay our ruling until January 4th, 2024, the day before the secretary's deadline to certify the content of the presidential primary ballot. If review is sought in the Supreme Court before the stay expires on January 4th, 2024, then the stay shall remain in place and the secretary shall continue to be required to include President Trump's name on the 2024 presidential primary ballot until the receipt of any order or mandate from the Supreme Court. So even as they did this decision, this ruling from the Colorado Supreme Court was a shot across the bow. I mean, Judge Roberts... So they're admitting that they're probably going to get overturned, but they're giving a wink, wink, nod, nod to all their friends and buddies that'll pat right. them on the back and congratulate yeah. them for being so woke. But but also basically forced the Supreme Court to take this on. I mean, they had the Supreme Court mentioned prominently, if you don't do this, we're going to do this. So if the Supreme Court did not do this, they would have been under massive criticism. No, what do you for, think was their motive for wanting to force the Supreme because Court to they, do it? They, they, do they really think the Supreme Court's going to rule with them? They wanted to look reasonable. They wanted to say, okay, well, if the Supreme's going to do it, they wanted to try to give themselves have it both ways. They wanted to say, the highest court in a state has declared Donald Trump an insurrectionist. So that people could say that, but at the same time, they did not want to look. Probably foolish. the Supreme Court, even putting the ballot, I don't even know if they'll come back and say you can't remove a man's name from the ballot. They may just come back and say there was no crime that he was ever charged with, so we can't hear the case. Couldn't they just there, do there, that? There's, there's been all sorts of different ways they could come back with. I mean, they come back and say this is ludicrous. There was no insurrection. A lot of people believe they will not do that. But a lot of people, though, will come back with a pretty strong statement saying that you cannot pull somebody off the ballot under the 14th Amendment unless it's it's gone through due process to convict that person of insurrection. Done. I think that's going to be the minimum. They'll and isn't with. it the job of Congress to enforce that anyway, not some judge? It's Con I know yes. Congress codified it right. into criminal law, but I think the way that works is it falls under Congress. They, have to, they tried to convict him of insurrection in the impeachment, and they failed. So that might have been a, a reasonable premise to go forward with the 14th Amendment. But they could also, Congress pass a law putting into code, you know, specifically laws as to defining ins insurrection and whether or not that would hold up in the Constitution or not is a questionable. So there's a number of ways they could do it, but I do believe... An insurrection was about the South and the Civil right. War and people that committed treason against their country by breaking off from their country Let and rebelling by seceding from the Union. That's what the 14th Amendment is about. Yes. He can't be held guilty of a crime that 
they really can't even define and when it's removed from the clash of armies, the clash of armies that took place between the North and the South. That's the whole context of that whole insurrection thing. You know, not one person involved in the January 6th protest, you know, was carrying a gun. That Plus, they had Trump offered the National Guard to Pelosi. She turned him down. She wouldn't utilize the Washington right. police. They wanted that. There were police officers that were letting people into the building. Isn't right. that true? Yep, that's true. So anyway, that one, I believe the Supreme Court's going to rule on rule for Trump. You think I mean, we can trust oh, yeah. all of them on that? Do you think I, even the flaming liberals on the court will? I can't say that, but I would. You I think would, at least uh, Roberts will go along with it? I, well, Roberts will go along with it. You think so? I'm confident he's got to go along with this. This is just a snow. He will go along with this. I mean, the new Supreme Court Judge Jackson, I think. Oh, the one that can't even define what a woman right, is? is? Who knows what I mean, there's a possibility we still may get a couple no's, but... There's a chance we get to 9-0, but maybe 9-0 or 7-2. I but it's going to be it's going to be soft. It's not going to be 5-4. I don't believe that. I do not believe that. That would just open the floodgates. I don't believe so. I hope not, and I don't believe it will be. Then we have the uh, Fulton County case in Georgia with Fannie Willis, the one you've been hearing about. This was where Trump was encouraging people to go and find more votes. Right. And he says that means see if there's more to count. Yeah, well, we're assuming he meant go and create them. One of his jobs, by the way, as president is to be involved with election integrity. And even if it's his own election, he needs to be involved there. And there was a lot of stuff going on there that was crazy. We still haven't had a good explanation about the video of the people in Fulton County coming in the middle of the night to haul hidden ballot boxes out and start counting them. And we have that video there. We still yeah, got a, yeah. a good explanation. We have an explanation. It's not a convincing explanation. Well, the explanation's always, we were worried about COVID and Trump is Hitler after all. Right. I believe she's what you call jumped the shark on this because she's now trying to make it a RICO case, racketeering and corruption influence case, like they used against, that's how they brought down organized crime. She's using doing it's a RICO case. So it's just, listen, you can indict a... Ham sandwich, right? When you go to a grand jury, you've heard that expression. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they were able to get an indictment. And they might possibly, in that jury pool in Fulton County, possibly get something on Trump. But I don't believe it. But regardless, you know she's in really big trouble right now because she hired her lover, the one that that was cheating on his wife, and paid him something like $700,000, well above the going rate. They used that money to go on elaborate vacations. This is all allegations. It's going to be a prudent court, but it looks very solid. even the National Enquirer is going to get involved now. And he's been intimately involved. In fact, I did watch some of the proceedings online in YouTube to see it. And he was the one, you know, was up there talking. So the theory of the fruit of the poison tree right? Well, there's a very good chance that this whole case could be tossed out. If not tossed out completely, then the delayed. So this case is completely and utterly bogus. Even if somehow they got a conviction on it, I believe it would be appealed and then overturned. It just, you just cannot put these kind of cases for it. It's opening the Pandora's box. Now, then we have the two Jack Smith cases. And the Jack Smith cases are very interesting. There's the one Jack One Smith of his case. is the January 6th. Right, that's the January 6th case. And then the other one is the documents case, you know, the secret documents case. Oh, yeah. We didn't have any issue with Biden and documents spilt all over his car and his home at all, did we? No, no, we didn't. We did not have any of that. So the Jack Smith cases, it's very interesting. You remember Ed Meese, the name Ed Meese? Yes, from several administrations ago. Yes, the Reagan administration. And he and a couple of law professors filed an amicus curie brief on the January 6th case. And in it, they document that Merrick Garland did not have the authority to elevate Jack Smith. This type of prosecution, he'd have to have been run through a very explicit appointment process, approved by Congress, and signed off on Biden. So this is unprecedented. Jack Smith, 
just being pulled out of private practice to do this is unprecedented. So that's being brought before the Supreme Court as well. Another route, they're saying that he should not be doing this. Now, I don't, I don't think this point where it has taken an eye yet, but it's a very good case. And I do want to say something. Ed Neese is up in his upper 80s. Here's a guy in his upper 80s, and he took the time and an effort to put together this case. I mean, it's really, you know, talking I mean, about public service. He could just service. enjoy retirement yeah, we're talking and, about public and, service. and not have to deal with all the things the mainstream media is going to say about him. So along with the fact that Jack Smith is probably everything he's done to this date he was not involved with the raid on Mar-a-Lago, but post the Mar-a-Lago, he was chosen to prosecute and put all the details like that. He's heavily involved with both cases, and everything he's done is arguably illegal. They would have to start over, and we'll have to see how that plays out. I mean, that'd be a major move, but the thing is, he does not fit the criteria to be able to, to have this kind of authority. So he, he should not have the kind of authority he's been exercising. Therefore, both the cases have been illegitimately prosecuted to this point. But let's look at the details of it. The Mar-a-Lago case, so that was the documents case. And President Trump has pleaded not guilty to 40 charges. And oh, the whole thing comes down to the Presidential Records Act and also the Constitution, as determined by the Constitution. The Supreme Court has ruled on this numerous times. The president has the unique and unrestricted ability to declassify any document he wants. And there is no procedure. They made up some administrative procedures, but the, he doesn't have to follow those. They were a way to say, yeah, this is a nice organized way to do and it. And the vice president does not have that authority. Yeah. So what Joe Biden did, he really could be held culpable from if, well, if they he already had said a real justice. Of course them. they're not. Okay. So this is an utterly bogus case. Zero legitimacy to it. Of course, President Trump has said a few things that maybe... He shouldn't have said, but it's irrelevant to the case. Really, He talks without case. a filter. He's always yes. going to say things that people could take two ways. You know, For example, he was talking about the decision, I think the decision not to evade Iraq, which, by the way, was an awesome decision. We had a predator drone, an unmanned drone, spying on Iraq right on the border of an air defense zone, which was there unregistered. When you have a plane on your air defense zone that's not registered, by international law, you have the right to shoot that down. So on the basis of that drone getting shot down, all the war hawks, Lindsey Graham, and all the people that wanted us to go to war with Iraq, and it was ridiculous, and Donald Trump said no. So he's waving some documents saying, and I have these documents here. The reporter never saw it, but President Trump could very well have just grabbed some papers and said, look, I have the evidence here. Well, some of this stuff in that would be technically classified as top secret. Whether or not it was giving away national secrets that were important or not is a whole other question, because a lot of stuff that is classified by the way as secret and top secret should not be classified as top secret. It's, it's a major problem over classifying things so regardless we don't know that we don't know what he had there but i'm kind of guessing he knew roughly that he had something in the archives he grabbed a sheaf of papers says and i have it right here yeah i'm waving a sheaf of papers i'm talking about but this is what he said right here i he would do that it's showmanship so anyway there's nothing there jack smith's an illegitimate prosecutor as far as i can tell he's involved with both cases and also he's got a judge Judge Eileen Cannon in the Florida documents case that was appointed by him. She's a strict constructionist. She's been very fair in the case. In fact, I think she's been bending over backwards to, she probably could have dismissed this case, but she's not going to because she's a Trump appointee. But beyond that- So she's, she's concerned been, about how that would look. But she, beyond that, she's been fair. And just recently, she denied the prosecutors. They said, we need you to force the Trump lawyers to tell us what their defense is going to be. 
And she said no, because they wanted to know if he was going to do bad legal counsel defense, that he just was following what the lawyer said defense, which maybe would change their strategy. And she says, no, they don't have to do that, which probably delays their case as well. Then you could open up the can of worms with how many documents did Obama have? How well were they secured? He has millions of documents that he declassified, millions of them that he declassified. And then you got Biden. So I I don't think that's going to go anywhere. But once again, if it did somehow get a conviction, it would go to the Supreme Court or to an appeals court. It would go someplace. And then you've got the January 6th case. That's with a hostile judge. I forget her name, but she's out of the district, the Washington area, Washington, D.C. area. But that, once again, they haven't even mentioned insurrection to that. It's very weak. What is the lesser charge that they're using? Because I know, like you said, they're not using the word insurrection. What word are they using? Just basically, that rhetoric was, riled people up. It's rhetoric riled people up that he was interfering with the transition. Oh, obstruction. Of right. Yeah, yeah. Interfering, and then also there's also obstruction not insurrection, involved. but obstruction. And then there was also obstruction involved with the Mar-a-Lago because he didn't respond to requests from the archivist who basically is a radical left-wing Democrat, who institute a, a policy and procedures that had never been done with the other president when president office, top U.S. archivist for D.C. for the federal government. So those are the cases. So those are the major cases. The uh, civil case, the judge, without any evidence, right at the very beginning, declared President Trump guilty. Yeah, don't you just they love it when a judge guilty. declares somebody guilty before there's a trial? And they immediately wanted to seize and, and dissolve all of his businesses. They put orders to him, and Trump got an emergency injunction from the appeals court. And they said, no, you can't do this. But that literally would have shut down his multi-million dollar businesses just on the order of the judge. Tisha, it's just yeah, so James. unseemly that judges think they have this kind of power at their fingertips. Then in court, it's been, been a fiasco because every single lender- Every time Trump tries to defend himself, they tell him to sit down. Well, He's yeah, not allowed to talk. But, but everybody that's come and testified in the court has just basically said, hey, the Trump organizations that have been great customers. They paid on time. They paid back ahead of time. Everybody knows that when you value properties, right, you put the value out there and you never undervalue your properties because if you undervalue your properties, the banks are going to go, oh, great. They undervalue the properties. That means we can give a higher rate. Yeah, we can charge them the a higher rate. The judge is thinking, yeah, but this guy's name was Trump, so right. I feel differently about it. And of course, everybody knows the final determination when the banks give loans are their own independent investigation of what the value of the properties are. That's always the case. Nobody expects the banks, these multi-billion dollar, hundred billion dollar, five hundred billion dollar entities to just take any company's word about the valuation of their properties. So it's completely and utterly ludicrous. I've seen stuff that shows that he actually probably undervalued his properties. We have that there. So these five cases all represent what I would call lawlessness. I want to emphasize this. When you have judges doing this, that creates the maximum damage it's, to the it's law. It's a step from anarchy. And it's far more dangerous than you know somebody committing murder. Obviously, committing murder is horrible, but that doesn't damage the law. But they are damaging the very underpinnings of our country. And they're doing this in the name of preserving democracy. Well, yes. And you and I know, literally, if it's not a one-to-one correlation, then it's close to that. Anytime the Democrats accuse the Republicans or conservatives or President Trump are doing something, it's because they're doing it and they're doing it full speed ahead. I guess it is an effective technique because there's a lot of people that don't pay much attention to say, well, one guy's saying this and the other guy's saying this, you know, maybe they're equally, you know. But when it comes to the totalitarian type actions, look what's happened to the January 6th 
protesters that have been rotting away for over two years. Sometimes they've been kept in solitary confinement. They've been limited to not being able to see their family at times. I mean, it's been a gulag in many cases. And I gotta say that the Republicans haven't really been very oppressive there either. I'm a Republican, Bob, because it's my best option at this point. But frankly, I'm not jumping up and down with excitement about being a Republican. I have to be honest. I'm an independent because I'm not real happy with the Republicans or Democrats, but I always vote Republican, so essentially that's where my sentiments are. Yeah, I just wish they'd live up to what they claim to be all about a little better. And I mean, that kind of brings up another really uh, pertinent thing is that once again, the Republican Congress has caved and they're passing a continuing resolution. And they were talking tough about no continuing resolution, no legislation unless we get border control, right? You know, get some border stuff. Well, the border right now, forget about China. You're talking about a resolution to keep the economy going right now? Basically. A budget? Yeah, a resolution to keep the federal government funded. Right. And including that resolution was supposed to be provisions that would mandate that Biden started enforcing the border. And they basically already caved again. So now we've so now even put, the House caved or the just House, the, House caved, the House, House caved. caved. And the 117 Republicans joined with the Democrats to pass it out of the House. And then, of course, it was fait accompli in uh, the Senate, which yeah, is really I, I wouldn't have expected anything in the Senate anyway. And then today, and I forget the gentleman's name, a congressman from Texas. He's one of the board chairs, you know, the chairmans of one of the major committees. And he came on and he was he was angry. He was angry that people were upset with him for voting for the continued resolution because he told us that you can't win the game by leaving the field. He gave a football analogy, you know, and if we just left and let the government shut down, it's like leaving the field. And I'm strong on defense. I right. I mean, I ha- listen, our troops are out there. That's how they I'm- always get the Republicans. We got to support the troops. But if we're losing our country, what are the troops going to be defending well, anymore? Not That's only, what not, they won't ask themselves. Well, first of all, the number one security issue for our country right now, the number one threat to our country is the masses of illegal aliens coming across the border. Millions of military age males with no restriction, including Chinese nationals, tens and tens of thousands of them, millions of people coming across the border that may not believe in the Second Amendment. Or that the, is why we have troops to protect borders. Right. I'm so tired of this. Go to support the troops. The pork and the junk that they get through on bills these last 20 years because Republicans are always suckered that way. The Democrats use the troops as a Trojan horse to pass everything else they want to pass. And meanwhile, the stuff included in the military bill is actually hurting our military. So there's a lot of politically correct stuff in these well, military yeah, bills. Probably damaging. all kinds of lessons on the correct pronouns and the part of the military bill. is damaging our military, our procurement policy. So the military bill, is the stuff included now is damaged. So not only are they using it as an example, but what they passed is actually damaging our military. All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. This is Bob Siegel. We will see you next time. <laughs> 